you have your Bibles just for a few moments, I want to talk to you a little while about all of the results and ramifications of the resurrection. How many know the resurrection story? You've heard it. You've been in church long enough, Sunday school long enough. You know what happened uh, early in the morning on the third day. Amen. Praise God. If we just go and recover that, then we're recovering ground that we've already been on. I want to talk to you about the result of the resurrection. The result of the resurrection and how it affects you and me that are here today that have trusted Christ as our Savior. Praise God. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, number one. I want to point this out as we go down through the result of it. It's crucial to our faith. I want you to say that with me. It's crucial to our faith. It's really what sets our faith the Christian faith apart from every world religion. And we'll deal with that as we go forward. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19, listen to what Paul said about how crucial this resurrected uh, Lord is uh, to the Christian faith itself. And here's his argument. He said, Now, if Christ be preached that He rose from the dead... How say some among you that there is no resurrection from the dead? I'm going to stop right there and say there were two religious sects in that day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection of the body. The bodily resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in a physical resurrection. One time... They all, both of them, were on Paul <laughs> and trying to persecute him. And he, he, he didn't have to run and God didn't have to deliver him. He just used wisdom. He got them arguing over the resurrection. They forgot about him and just began to fuss with one another. It's incredible how religion can mess up everything if it's not correct and it's not tempered with truth and with love and with kindness and revelation. So the, the Apostle Paul uh, talked about the Pharisees who believed uh, in the resurrection and the Sadducees uh, that did not believe in the resurrection. And I heard one great preacher, I think his name was Pastor Robert Venable, or at least a good preacher. I always tell them, Rocky, a lot of people can preach the gospel better, but nobody can preach a better gospel. Amen and amen. The Pharisees did not believe in the resurrection, did believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. Because if there's no hope after death, then d death has won. And the devil through death has won. But if there's a resurrection... And that's what he said. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, listen to how crucial this is to our faith. Then our preaching is vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found to be false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up. But if so be that the dead rise not, if so be that the dead rise not, for if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. That's scary stuff. Then they also which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. They're not 
You'll never see your mother, your daddy, your, your loved ones ever again. There's no hope. They're perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, if, it, if we don't have the resurrection to look forward to, with all of the benefits and blessing of His wisdom, His help, His everything, if it's just in this life and death cancels it and conquers... We are of all men most miserable. Amen? I like what Hans von Balthasar said. He said if one does away with the fact of the resurrection, one also does away with the cross. For both stand and fall together. And one would then have to find a new center for the whole message of the gospel. And E.M. Bounds, you've heard of him. That's his, uh, his name that he used when he wrote the great books on prayer and revival, particularly prayer. E.M. Bounds said the resurrection of Jesus Christ was necessary to establish the truth of his mission and put the stamp of all conquering power on his gospel. Hallelujah. And I, I love what John S. Whale said. He said the gospels do not explain the resurrection. The resurrection explains the gospels. Belief in the resurrection is not an appendage to the Christian faith. It is the Christian faith. Without it, the Christian faith would crumble like a house of cards. And that's why down through centuries, they have tried to disprove and discredit the resurrection. And by the way, the devil is so afraid of that great truth that it began the very week after his re- the day after his resurrection. Remember the story of the angel that came to roll the stone away? They came to anoint his body and, and they said, who rolled away the stone? Well, the scripture said that an angel did that. He showed up and, and Pilate was so afraid that some, some new doctrine would catch on. And some, that he said, go and, and he sent his best guards. He sealed the tomb with a great stone and he said, you guard it with your life. And when the angel showed up, of course, they fell as dead men. They were not dead, but they, they just, you know, they were slain in the spirit in the bad way. Amen. And they went down under the power of God because of the angel. And, uh, and when, when they got there to his his body, there's an angel sitting on the stone. And he said, why well, seek ye the living among the dead? He's risen just like he said. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you know what happened immediately after the report that his body was not there? By the way, not only was his body not in the tomb, the grave clothes were there. And they were there because he just passed through them, not because he was, he was unwrapped. What they looked in and saw was undisturbed grave clothes as if there was a body in it that just dissolved and disappeared from it. He didn't have to take them off. He passed through them in a glorified body. Somebody asked me one time, said, Will I know you when we get to heaven? Will we know each other? The Bible said we'll be known as we are known. And I answered the question, If I went to Dallas, Texas, and you came to Dallas, Texas, would you recognize me in Dallas, Texas? Would you? I'd recognize you there. Amen. You know what Job said who had the such a powerful revelation of the resurrection and the Redeemer. 
Amen. When his wife told him, why don't you curse God and die? God dropped a revelation in his heart. Amen. And then Job said, you know, I don't know what all this stuff has been about. I don't know how it's all going to end. But here's one thing I do know. Amen. Hallelujah. I know my Redeemer liveth. And at the last day, He's going to stand upon the earth. And when He does, I'm going to stand up with Him. Though the skin worms, this is kind of morbid, but it's the truth. Though the skin worms eat my flesh from my bones, yet in my flesh I'm going to see Him and stand with Him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So no matter how how all of this comes out, I'm going to praise Him and glorify Him because I know my Redeemer lives. And when He got His mind off all His hurt and pain and the people that had betrayed Him and accused Him and got His mind on who was coming and what was coming, amen, He forgave his friends who had made themselves his enemies, broke his heart, <laughs> quit questioning God, amen, prayed for his enemies with that joy of anticipation in his heart. And when he did, God turned the captivity of Job and restored and blessed him with double. Hallelujah. Of everything that he had given up. And it was all about a revelation and anticipation. Of the resurrection. Can you say man? Without the resurrection. The Christian faith would fall apart. Like a house of cards. Because of the resurrection. The faith has endured every attempt. To disprove and destroy it. And discredit it. For over 2,000 years. Indeed to this very day. The Canadian scientist. G.B. Hardy one time said. When I looked at religion. I said I have two questions. One, has anybody ever conquered death? And two, if they have, did they make a way for me to conquer death? I checked the tomb of Buddha, and it was occupied. I checked the tomb of Confucius, and it was occupied. I checked the tomb of Muhammad, and it was occupied. And I came to the tomb of Jesus, and it was empty. And I said, there is one who conquered death. And I asked the second question. Did he make a way for me to do it? And I opened the Bible and discovered that he said, Because I live, you shall live also. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Not only is the resurrection critical to our faith. How many get that today? That we're not just celebrating because it's a holiday. This is a holy day and a hopeful day. It's a comfort to those facing the inevitability of death. Now, you hear me and my wife planning for our funerals. And, and uh, you that are way older than me say, don't start that yet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> don't be fatalistic. Well, no, we're being realistic. There's some things I want. And right there's a man who's going to see this going to happen because he's going to outlive me. I think that's what he wants to do. He said, he said I'm going to bring the five white balloons when you go home. Well, you'll be here. Of course you'll be here. Who else is going to do that? You're the only one that remembered what I wanted. 
I said, when they, when they take me out to put me, you know, the body going back to the ground, I'm not going to be nowhere near the body. And somebody said, I believe the Spirit hovers. Well, you can believe a lot of things, but you can't biblically substantiate it. I'm not interested in it. Can you say, man? But if it's in the Bible, then my ears perk up. I want to hear it and I want to heed it. But when they say that final thing called the interment, everybody's looking as they let that casket with that body that body devoid of his spirit down into the ground and i said at my funeral i want them to release because the dove is i don't know i don't know they're pretty expensive but at my brother-in-law's funeral they released a white dove and the white dove went up and circled the cemetery and then came back to the handler and they put him right back in the cage. And everybody, instead of looking down at the ground, watched that white dove soaring around. I thought, boy, that's kind of neat. I bet that's expensive. Can you say? <laughs> so, so I thought maybe seven white helium-filled balloons. No, they're not coming back. Just turn them loose and just watch the wind take them. Hallelujah. And know that Brother Venable is not in the ground waiting for the resurrection. His body's in the ground waiting to be resurrected. But he is with the Lord, as Paul put it. To be absent from the body is not to be somewhere in the dark, cold grave. It is to be, amen, with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God for the resurrection. It's a comfort to those facing the inevitability of death. How many's got a picture of you 30 years ago? Have, have you got a picture? You got one 50 something? You just a little baby in a bassinet? No, I was about 12. Okay, you got. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hate to tell you this, but from the day you're born, you start to die. If we have hope of Christ in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. My grandma lived to be 105. And she said, you know, Bobby, it just seems like yesterday. I was doing this. I was doing that. Because this is a short trip. It's like a weaver's shuttle, the Scriptures teach. It's a blur. It's so fast. After a while, it just kind of blurs. And you won't get that till you uh, have a lot of years under you. But after a while, you'll begin to get it. Amen. But that's okay. We're facing that inevitability of physical death. It's an enemy of God. God did not bring it. God did not create it. God did not will it. It's a result of the fall. There'll be a big line to praise Jesus when we get to heaven and hug Him. And there'll be another big line to slap at them. Amen. Say, what were you thinking? <laughs> Amen. The devil did, yeah, he, 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 yeah, the devil made him. That, the woman you gave me was his excuse. And, and God didn't buy it. And he wouldn't buy the devil made me do it either. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus is a comfort. To those facing the inevitability of death. And not just your demise. You may be very young today, but you've got a loved one. You've got a friend. 
Some people have lost children. I've got a little girl with the Lord. Somebody asked me the other day when I, 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 I they say, are, are you a grandpa? I said, absolutely not. I'm a great grandpa. And they said, well, how many children do you have? I said, I've got three. I've got two boys and a girl. And my daughter is in heaven. But I have three children. I want you to know my daughter's alive and well today. She's with the Lord. She was a preemie. She lived four days. She went to be with the Lord. And uh, when I get to heaven, I'm looking forward to seeing Lisa Marie. I didn't name her that. We didn't name her that after the Presley lady. We just liked Lisa Marie. Amen. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have someone to uh, show me around because she's been living there for a long time. Hallelujah. You won't have to have an angel escort to do that. Listen to what Paul said. This is the comfort of those facing the inevitability of physical death. And it's all hinging on the resurrection of Christ. Listen to verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians 4. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many believe that? Even so them also which sleep in Jesus, that means means they have died physically. It doesn't mean they're just sleeping and snoring in Christ because they have such great peace. It it literally means they have died. They came to Jesus when Lazarus was so sick and they got news that he had died. And they came and, and told Jesus about it. And Jesus said, he only sleepeth because he won't acknowledge death as anything final in the light of his resurrection power. So he said, he only sleepeth. Disciples wore out like most of us on Monday morning. Said, if he sleepeth, he doeth well. <laughs> we'd, like to, we'd like to slow down and have a little time off ourselves. And then he spoke to them plainly so they could understand. And he said, he's dead. I won't use the word death because there's a finality to death. And when he showed up at Lazarus' tomb, he proved that death was not the the final authority. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Hallelujah. And anyone that believes on him, though he were dead in trespasses and sins, yet shall he live. And he that lives and believes on him, he shall never die. He's not talking about physical, initially, immortality. He's talking about spiritual immortality. One day, your body, if Jesus tarries... You're going to drop this old bone bag. How many has ever heard of Casper the ghost? They made a movie about Casper. And you know know what they called everyone that's alive? All the ghosts that were the bad ghosts that were in this house. They called them bone bags. Because your body is the place where your spirit lives. And when your spirit's gone... It's a bone bag, and it's no longer needed. It's just an old bone bag for your spirit. Amen. It's not going to live forever. That's why they bury it. Can you say amen? They put it in the ground. They put dirt over it. Put you six foot under. We're sitting here today. Everybody's running, trying to live longer, jogging. Taking multiple vitamins. Looking for the fountain of youth. Amen. And I'm not saying don't try to live as long as live out your lifetime. I'm just saying don't fear 
death if you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, you don't have the hope that we're talking about today. That's why I'm, I'm glad to be a preacher of the good news. Preacher coming back from a mission trip with a businessman in his back then vested suit. Vester coming back, hand your ties. They'll probably come back one day. Can you say, man? As fashions keep changing. Businessman was reading all the headlines in the paper, particularly the financials, but also the other stuff. And the preacher reading his Bible. He looked over at him, and the guy would turn his head every time. I guarantee you, if you want somebody to leave you alone, read your Bible in a public place. And they'll see that Bible. They won't be bugging you. Amen. They won't be bothering you. Somebody said, if I get saved, will I have to give up my flaky friends? No, just follow Christ and they'll give you up. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But, it's, but, but, but pray for them and model Christ to them. Hallelujah. Anyway, he wanted to share the Lord with him, but he couldn't get his attention. And finally, the guy just glanced over at him. And he caught his eye. And he, had his, he picked his Bible up like this and he said, You got the bad news, I got the good news. And it opened the door for a conversation. Can you say man? And he was able to share Christ with him on the plane. I've got good news to bring. Remember the song? I plan to take a trip on the good old gospel ship and go sailing through the air. Hallelujah. Absent from the body present with the Lord. I have good news to bring. That is why I sing. My joy with you I'll share for I plan to take a trip and go sailing through the air. It's just another way of saying I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the Apostles Creed and I believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and I believe in the physical resurrection of all those who have believed on Him. Hallelujah. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain, verse 15, at the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah. Death is not the end. Hallelujah. I like what Clarence W. Hall said. He said, The resurrection of Jesus changes the face of death for all His people. Death is no longer a prison, but a passage into God's presence. Easter says, You can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen to that. Someone else said, Do not abandon yourselves to despair. We are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. I have been to many funeral homes in 40, going on 44 years of pastoral ministry. Presided over many funerals and met a lot of different funeral directors. I was standing after the funeral with the funeral director and we'd had a celebration of a saint that had went to be with the Lord. Brother Sister Hodges, I was there for them. I was there for... for, for uh, most of your family that's went to heaven. Amen. Praise God. 
But they said something to me, and, and they've seen. See, these funeral directors, they see it. It's such a routine thing. They've heard it all. But there was such a celebration. There wasn't this, this terrible aching. I mean, we miss people. We do weep, but we sorrow not as others which have no hope. The resurrection makes us prisoners of hope. And the funeral director said, I've seen hundreds of funerals. But he said, this is more like a celebration. And I said, it is a celebration. We're celebrating the faith. We're celebrating the faithfulness of God. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And we're celebrating our own resurrection when the trump sounds. Amen. And he wasn't used to seeing that hope really expressed in Asia. When someone passes away, there's smiles. Not because someone's going to leave them a lot of money or someone was so ugly they were glad to see them go. They were smiling because they really believe we should be celebrating. That, that person who was sick ain't sick no more. That person who was ravaged with disease is not diseased anymore. That person that was in pain will never know pain again. That person that knew the heartache and the heartbreak of living in a faulty body in a fallen world will never know heartache or heartbreak again. Hallelujah. That person is home free. That person is home forever. That person is past all of that forever. The book of Revelation said, And he will write every tear from their eye. Can you say, man, every memory of everything that hurt them will be wiped away. Hallelujah. And we'll never look back. We'll live with Him forever. And they celebrate. They celebrate. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're not like others who have no hope. It isn't that we don't feel that and we don't miss that person, but we have hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. Don't abandon yourself to despair. We're Easter people. And hallelujah is our song. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a confirmation that God has accepted His sacrifice and that His blood was enough, pure enough, that God would accept it as a sacrifice That nothing else needs to be done to save you and me. There's nothing else that He needs to do. And if you receive Christ as your Savior, there's nothing else that you need to do but keep your faith in Him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when He raised up from the dead, the Bible said, and let me just read it to you. Romans 4, 24 and 25. said, For... Unto us also, to whom it shall be imputed. Talking about imputed righteousness. Did you know I could become a rich man today? Rocky is our neighbor, lives right down the street, came to celebrate the resurrection. Amen. With us today. And I hope he's going to be glad he came. We got a little more of the service, but so far, are we doing okay? All right. Praise God. If Rocky was a multimillionaire, and he might be, he's wearing Nautica shirt. Amen. He might be he might be in disguise today, leaving the limo down the road. If he was a multimillionaire, he could make me rich without me earning anything. He could ask me before we leave, 
for a deposit slip to my bank. Now, if he asked for a withdrawal slip, I, number one, I wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> number two, it wouldn't do him a lot of good. <laughs> so I wouldn't be afraid of somebody stealing it. <laughs> if you took everything I got in there, see, when I, all, everything I put in is like gravy through a goose. Can you envision that? You understand? I don't have to explain that to you. You put it in, it just goes out. It goes in one and it goes out the other. You, you put it in so you can pay the bills and then you just, and repeat. <laughs> and repeat and repeat. But if he was a multimillionaire and asked me for a deposit slip and I gave it to him, I could be a rich man without doing anything but receiving what he wanted to give me. He could write a check for one million dollars and deposit it in my account. And I'm going to tell you something. If it was deposited in there, I couldn't tell a story ever about how I, as an entrepreneur, I started to say entrepreneur, but that would not the word. <laughs> Keep me straight, Rocky. Keep me straight. I was thinking. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking of somebody else that mispronounced that word. <laughs> Entrepreneur. That I got out and invested. I, I, I bought houses and I worked right in there with the people renovating them. And I, I, I turned these houses and I bought real estate and I invested. And I, I went in and helped clean up all this stuff. And I worked from the ground floor up. And I'm a self-made man. I am rich because of my ingenuity, because of my endeavor, because of my, my, my work ethic. I could never say that. If someone put it to my account, I'm rich because of somebody else's benevolence, somebody else's generosity, somebody else who wanted to bless me. It's imputed to me. It's a word you don't hear. But if he put that in my account, it would be imputed for me. Amen. And you know what, you know what Paul said? He said, it being found in him. Yes. Not having mine own righteousness, which is according to the law. That means I'm not right with God because I can keep the law perfect because the law was just our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The law was really to convince us that we needed a Savior because we couldn't possibly save ourselves. Can you say amen? But thank God Jesus came. Thank God Jesus died. And thank God Jesus rose from the dead. And thank God He imputed righteousness to us he put it to our account no one is going to heaven because you merit it no one is going to heaven because you earned it no one's going to heaven because you're good enough to be there and everybody knows somebody and you might have said it and bless your heart if you did i know where you're coming from you knew somebody that was so honest and so pure and so holy and so loving and so kind and so forgiving. If anybody's going to be in heaven, they're going to be there. They're not going to be there because they were so honest. And that's a great virtue. They're not going to be there because they're so holy. They're not going to be there because they were so pure, so kind. They're going to be there because Jesus hung on a cross, shed His blood, and went into the tomb and came out on the third day and was raised for their justification. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
But for us also, Romans 4.24, to whom it shall be imputed. Do you understand that word imputed? Put to your account. Speaking of righteousness. If we believe on Him that... See, it all hinges on the cross and the resurrection. If we believed on Him that raised up our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, there's the cross, and was raised again for our justification. That's a forensic term. Before my, my daughter uh, became a school teacher, she went to college for forensic, uh, in the forensic area. Uh, legal law has to do with that. Forensic is a legal term. It's for the courtroom. Amen. It's, it's, where, it's where a judge acquits somebody. And boy, you've got to be careful as a prosecutor before you bring somebody before that judge. Because if you don't have a good case and they get acquitted, you can never bring them again. I don't know. God only knows if O.J. was guilty. But I know one thing, guilty or not, you can't bring him into court for that crime. Can you say, man, you can't try him twice for that if he's been acquitted? And justification means that you have been acquitted. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever sins the devil had against you, he can pack them up in his little black bag and haul them off with him. Can you say amen? Because you can't be prosecuted twice for those sins that you have been forgiven and you have been pardoned from. Can you say amen? Thank God he's given... Listen, he didn't just... He didn't just... Have you ever heard the term, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace? No, you were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But Paul said, now you are the sons of God. Can, God didn't just forgive your sin. He translated you out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of His Son. He took your dirty robe, stained with sin that you could never wash away. Can you say man? The blood of Jesus is the only spot remover that will remove the stains of sin. And He took your robe on Himself and took your punishment and mine on the cross. But a great exchange occurred. Bible scholars call it the great exchange. He that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. He didn't just take your robe and be punished for your sin. He gave you His robe. Boy, when you come to these services, you better put on your shouting shoes. I know you got some maybe dusty way back in the closet. But this is shouting ground. Amen just won't cut it. Everybody say, wow. Everybody say it backwards. Wow. This is a wow moment. This is a wow moment. I mean, if you really get it, come on, you are pronounced righteousness and being found in Him, not having mine own righteousness. It's called imputed righteousness. It's put to your account. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. Just like I said, if Rocky will just do this for me. <laughs> if He will just, if He will just invest in your preacher. Hallelujah. I got a van with a problem. I wouldn't get it fixed if he'll do that for me. That's what a poor man does. 
I'd get me a brand new Escalade and give somebody here that van with the problem. <laughs> Big hearted me. <laughs> Amen. I'll give it to Matthew so they won't stop and frisk him no more. Amen. Give him a free account to AAA so when the van does stop, he can have it hauled in. You put righteousness to my account, I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of it. Come on, you put righteousness to his righteousness to my account, I'm going to let, let my own conscience talk me out of it. I want my conscience sprinkled from the past. Hey man, I want to know where I stand in God. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? And the devil wants to keep telling you that God isn't for you because you're not sinlessly perfect. Well, I hate to bust your bubble, but you will never be sinlessly perfect. But you have a perfect sacrifice that was offered for your sin at the cross. Can you say, man? Oh, Brother Venable, you're giving people license to sin. No, you ain't got no sin license. Amen? Don't even think about it. Amen. God loves you so much, He chastens every son that He receives. But there are actually people that think they're good enough to go to heaven. And those are the hardest people to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say, man? Ah. Our Creator raised Jesus for our justification. Had Jesus remained dead, we would still be in our sins. His death would have been no more significant than the death of any other person. For death has rightful claim over all sinners. If Jesus had stayed dead, it would have indicated He was a sinner and unable to atone for us. But because Jesus was perfectly righteous, death could not hold Him. He would not suffer His Holy One to seek corruption. Hallelujah. In his lectures on Romans, Martin Luther commented on the death and resurrection of our Savior, showing that it demonstrates that Christ's death not only signifies, but actually affects the remission of sin as a most sufficient satisfaction. We can have confidence that our sin has been fully and finally atoned for. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's nothing left to be done to pay for sin. If we trust Christ as our Savior, we have been covered with His blood and sin has been remitted and canceled. Can you say, man? And we are forgiven and we are set free. Amen. Not free to sin, but free to serve. Free to love. Free to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I grew up in a church that we're so afraid of grace. Some people are afraid of it right now. Jimmy Swaggart fell, and by the grace of God, he got his family back, and, and he was restored in the Lord. And it's debatable about what kind of ministry uh, you know, that he has available to him, but one thing is for, isn't debatable, that sin can be forgiven. And people can be restored. Can you say amen? But I'm going to tell you something. The man has changed since... He needed grace like that. He has been accused. And you know how strong he preached against everything that's wrong. He has been accused of being part of the hyper-grace crowd. You know what hyper-grace is? God don't care what you do because you can't see what you do, so do anything you want to do. Well, that's not... That's, I started to say not entirely true, but that's not true at all. He that committeth sin, First John, is of the devil. Period. 
Point blank. End of discussion. Well, we all, listen, it means to live habitually in without any compunction, conviction, without any concern about God, His Word, judgment to come, or anything else. Honey, if you can sin without being concerned about it, you are not saved today. You can, you, you can go out and live in sin, but it won't be fun anymore. Not if you've really been saved, because you're out of your element. Can you say, man, you're, 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 oh no, I could, hey, there's nothing stopping me from going out Saturday night, going down in Ebo City, going to a bar, and going, you know, going the whole route, drugs, drink. I could do that. I have a, I'm, I'm a free moral agent. God is not going to stop me. He's going to whoop me. Because I'm His. Oh, by the way, if you be without chastisement and you're living in sin, you don't belong to God. He chastens every son that he loves. Amen. Scourges everyone that he received. You say, Brother Vimble, I've been scourged right here in church by the Word. Amen. Well, that proves you're a child of God. Amen. You can't sit here without him challenging you on that issue. I'm not afraid to be challenged. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to be clean. I want to be clear. I want God to be for me. I want to be lay my head down at night and, and have peace in my heart and peace in my mind. Hallelujah. Wow. We're almost done. And if we get done by 12 o'clock, it'll be a miracle. Everybody say, I believe in miracles. I didn't ask you if you believe we've done it at 12. I just asked you, do you believe in miracles? The Apostle Paul declared in Romans eight thirty three and 34, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. That forensic term. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, and is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, finally, is a conveyor of spiritual power. To every believer on Christ. Everybody say a conveyor of spiritual power. Romans 8.11 said, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken... And that word means give life. What kind of life? The same kind of life that was demonstrated when Jesus rose from the dead. Resurrection power. Say it with me again. Resurrection power. Hallelujah. To your mortal body. This is not when Jesus comes. This is something that happens when you get saved. By His Spirit that dwelleth in you, no less power. This is saying than that which raised Christ from the dead. Listen, if what brought Him out of the tomb, that power and that person releasing that power is living in you and me. Don't tell me you can't overcome. Don't tell me I can't overcome. I can do all things. That has stuck in my crawl before. When I have been so down and so discouraged, and I know the Bible said I'm supposed to say and believe and model I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We're not talking about walking on water. We're not talking about turning water on. We're talking about enduring the bad stuff. 
Literally in the Greek, it would read this way, I'm equal to anything. No matter what life throws at me, no matter what the devil tries to do to me, no matter how people may hurt me, I can do it all. I can overcome it all. I can get through it all. Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. For the power that raised Him from the dead is indwelling me. And I can draw on that power that I don't have when I'm at my weakest. Can you say man? Oh, Brother Venable, you must be very strong. You have preached the gospel for 43 years. You know the devil would have took me out if he could. You've got a marriage that's lasted 54 years. Next month. I feel so victorious. You say, well, you married Sleeping Beauty. Hey, don't kid yourself. <laughs> Listen, two people have got to go through some things to stay together. It's not like a fairy tale. Let me tell you something about Sleeping Beauty. The woman woke up. <laughs> She showed up pretty when she was sleeping. But the woman woke up. And when the woman wakes up, like everything else, we've got to learn how to get along with one another. Amen. We didn't go off to the castle on my white steed. We had to, my dad's old, broke down 54 Pontiac straight eight. That is not a Cadillac. 1954 Pontiac. Boys, like a whale, man. <laughs> Driving a whale down the road. <laughs> so we had financial problems day one and car problems day two. No, day one. Day one, day of the wedding. We didn't go to my castle, my penthouse. We went to my uncle's eight-wide trailer for our honeymoon. Woo! It was exotic, I'll say that. <laughs> Especially when my wife was looking for the bathroom in that trailer. And it was out back. <laughs> That's back when you could dig a hole and put a, you know. One thing for sure, she didn't marry me for my money. <laughs> or my car. In fact, I went to the Sip and Smack in Brandon. I don't know if you remember Sip and Smack. You're not old as me, I know. But anyway, there was a, uh, in Brandon, I graduated from Brandon in 65. There was a, a driving called the Sip and Smack. I ordered our honeymoon supper. Of course, hamburger, cheeseburger, and french fries. Amen. What a honeymoon supper. I'm, I'm getting ready to celebrate 54 years of marriage. We're going out to Mickey D's. I'm going to tell them to supersize everything. Because nothing is too good for my fox. Can you say <laughs> hallelujah? Put on your red dress. We're going to Mickey D's. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. But God was good. And God was gracious. And God helped us when we finally gave up, gave in, and came to Him as our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. Let me finish with this. Ephesians 1, 18-20 is Paul's prayer. Not only for the church at Ephesus, but for the church all, at all time. He said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding 
greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him on His own right hand in heavenly places. He said, I want you to know, church, that that power that achieved that is flowing from God to us who have believed. Usward. Everybody say it's to usward. What brought Him out of the ground has flowed to me. And it's flowed to you when the Holy Spirit came to live within us. For if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead indwell you, He will quicken your mortal body. He will, he will give life to your mortal body. Can you say, man, hallelujah, by His Spirit that dwells within you. God is so good today. Hallelujah. A conveyor of spiritual power. J.I. Packer, a great theologian years ago, said, Look at the deadness in your life. Look at the anger. How's that going to be turned into forgiveness? Look at the insecurity. How's that going to be turned into confidence? Look at the self-centeredness. How is that going to be turned into compassion and generosity? How? The answer is that the dead stuff gets taken over by the Spirit of God. The minute you decide to receive Christ as your Savior and your Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit is available to come into your life. And then, see, he didn't say this. I'm going to add to that. And then you can say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can't in myself, but I can through Him. Can you say, man, I can follow Christ. I can overcome that habit. I can be delivered from that, 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 that thing that holds me. And it might even be something you are holding on to, just not what's holding you. There are sins you think you can't do without. You think life won't be fun without that anymore. God offers you something better. I'm telling you. He offers you something better. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He said, my blood is drink indeed. My body is meat indeed, bread indeed. He said, he that drinks of my blood and eats of my body will never hunger and never thirst. He will be able to fill that void, that vacancy in your life with His peace, His joy, His confidence, His love. And you won't have to look for it through sinful practices. You'll find it in Christ. Not in dead religion, but in a living, resurrected Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is risen. And let the church say hallelujah. And because He is risen, He's able to save you and me today. I want you to bow your head just for a moment. I'm going to ask... The most important question that can ever be asked and will ever be asked of anyone. Do you know Christ is your Savior? Do you know if you drew your last breath today where you would spend eternity? You can know before you leave this building. You can know before you leave this room. As John, 1 John puts it, I've written these things unto you that you might know that you have eternal life. Because you can know Christ today. You can open the door and He promised to come in.
He came to seek and to save. Is there anyone in this room who say, Pastor, I don't know that. And I want to know it for a certainty before I walk out this door. Eternity is forever. I will not risk forever waiting. There will never be a better time. There may be another time, but there will never be a better time than right now to receive Jesus as your Savior. May I see your hand? Yes, yes, yes. You want to rededicate? You need the Holy Spirit to help you overcome and you're never looking back again. Will you come forward and let us pray for you? Hallelujah. This is the best way I know to celebrate the resurrection by people wanting to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else needs prayer for power to overcome? To rededicate your life. You just come forward. We'll pray for you today. Hallelujah. 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 You know what's happening right now? The Bible said there's joy in the presence of angels. Well, it's not just angels rejoicing. There's joy in the presence of angels. Well, who's up there with the angels? All the rest of our loved ones and family that have preceded us. I want you to know that your mama's... Doing the chicken dance right now in the presence of God in a glorified body awaiting, amen, for her intercessory prayers to be answered. And you're part of that answer today. Glory to God. You've got a legacy of faith that grabbed hold of you and would not let you go. Grace has grabbed you and grace has touched you and grace is holding you now and power is flowing to you. The power of the Holy Spirit. How did mama overcome? How did mama keep the faith? She was flesh and blood. She had temptations. How did she keep on keeping on? Hallelujah. It was nothing less than the Holy Spirit. She would tell you that over and over and over and over again. Father, my brother has come to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus and to claim the blessing of the Holy Spirit in his life. He knows in his flesh he is weak. As the song said, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Only the Lord can keep us like that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray as he's cleansed by the blood that he might be also filled with the Spirit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And that the power that raised Jesus will manifest to Him and through Him and in Him to overcome every chain, to break every chain that has held Him back and tries to, to claim Him again. Satan, you have no claim on Him. The blood of Jesus claims Him today in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God. And from this day on, we're not looking back. We're looking forward. Hallelujah. To follow you all the way to heaven. And everyone said amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song before we go home. If you have to leave while we're singing, you may. We're glad you came today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.